after that they just like start recording. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, like yeah, that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, exa- exactly like that. Okay, well, thanks for a great suggestion there, Cortang. And thank you all for joining us on Snakes Only, episode one, uh, with your boy and uh, Rudd and Cortang. So, uh, yes, sir. You know, glad these guys could be in the studio with me uh, for episode one. And for this episode, we want to talk about our quarantine experiences. What's going right? What's going wrong? What do we wish never happened? And what do we want to keep doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we can start with you, Rudd. How are you feeling? About COVID? Uh, thumbs down. Um, thumbs down? <laughs> um, honestly, when it first started and quarantine first started, it was almost enjoyable. Like being locked in. I don't know. You can binge watch Netflix. It was, I don't know, not like fun, but like the appeal or effect has definitely worn off and now i just want to go outside and travel see you guys go on trips but now we can't do that i feel that didn't we have a squad trip postponed or something well Sad. we're probably gonna have one this summer but you know the pandemic that didn't happen yeah maybe not spring quarantine what's your take yeah, i mean I mean, the same way. I'm still kind of chilling, but it's just, it's still like, I mean, I obviously want to travel. I want to do all this other stuff, but then you're just confined to, or you feel like how I kind of feel now where I just kind of want to say, screw it all and do it anyway. But then I feel bad, especially with me coming back home with, you know, my parents and all that stuff, getting them sick. And yeah, so it's, it's tough. It's a toss up. Um, Also, my mom's in the medical field. So that's like, She'll grill me anytime I talk about like, <laughs> stepping outside of the house. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've, I mean, I've enjoyed it. I was able to work from home from like before COVID. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't really anything new, but I actually really do want to go back into the office. Actually, um, good segue. I hate the office. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic has allowed me to work from home and I love it. So hopefully, wait. Didn't they tell you? Didn't they tell you beforehand that like there was absolutely no way you could work from home? Um, you mean like before COVID was a thing? Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know if they said that like is impossible, but there was never a need for it. So like, why give people the opportunity? There's never a need for it. But now I'm right there with you, though, Red. I think that. uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I feel like. Working from home has been like the best. a blessing, man. This is yeah. like so nice. Like I was right there with you. They said, you know, if we let people work from home, they're going to watch Netflix. They're not going to work. They're not going to do anything. And here we are all these months later mm-hmm. doing the impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, why weren't we doing this the whole time? Oh, yeah. I've saved also another note so much on gas. <laughs> yeah for real yeah. i would spend maybe 50 60 bucks a month on gas maybe like 50 bucks um i've filled up my tank two or three times since like march what wait what whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. are you sure about that yeah yes. i don't know about that oh. <laughs> yeah i'm still filling my tank up at least like once every week and a half since i moved in the beginning of april i filled up 
I can count on one hand the number of times. It's like three times, I think. Maybe wait, four. wait, wait. But you have a roommate, though. Do you guys like drive together and stuff? Yeah, but right. he's my car. Sitting passenger. Oh, no, God. <laughs> we drove to Chicago. It's my car. Hmm. Wait, so you're including, you're including driving all the way here and all the way back as part of your three? Uh, yeah, I'll say I feel it once, twice, three. I'm, I'm going to say four times, including the trip to Chicago. Yo, I, I'm gonna need you to pull up some bank statements so I can so I can verify yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, I can go through. But that's my point. I haven't had to spend all this money on gas. Um, I gotta sleep in later. I don't have to wear yeah. dress shoes and dress pants into the office. Oh, that's real. Um, this is there's not been one negative working from home. Not one. Not one. You don't miss uh just like interacting with people and. Not being able to leave the house because I don't know I'm kind of you know I'm like you I don't have a roommate right or I don't live with with family and I'm I think yeah. you said in your last episode in episode two of uh the Red and Zet show yeah shout out to Red and Zet show thank you episode two they were talking about uh having roommates and I don't have any roommates so I just got to look at myself and yeah FaceTime and travel whenever I can but, but this is with regards to work to working specifically like I definitely want to go out and hang out but if we're talking about just work. Related to working in the office, working from home, I'd rather just be at home. So you don't miss anything about the office, anything about anything? Nope. I would never go back if I had a choice. Wow. Wow. That's fair. I'm not like that. Like, I guess, obviously, we have different um, just work uh, relationships. But with me, I just kind of miss everyone from the office. And I just kind of just like miss actually going in and working at my desk and, you know, Eating lunch with some of my coworkers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You do that virtually. Yeah, but it's. I feel like it's not the same. No, I, I, mean, uh, I mean, we I did that like in the beginning, like happy hours and stuff, and it was yeah. cool and fun. But I mean, now it's kind of dead. Mm-hmm. See, uh, yeah, I, we have a beer thirty every Friday at four thirty, where everyone like grabs a beer and talks. I don't even go to that just because like. The first two were, you know, kind of cool. Then after that, it's just like it was almost like a chore to go there, just because people were like really reaching for conversations. It wasn't like flowing how it was before. Mm. And I mean, the first one we were just like, oh yeah, like um, we're all quarantined, all that stuff. Then you know, you're in what month six, seven, eight, and you're just like, yeah, we're still locked up, and there's not really anything new going on. So like, I guess as much as I missed having that you know, interaction, I don't think virtually cuts it. Cause I, I don't know. I feel like in person is where it's at, at least for me. Yeah. You definitely miss an element. So I, 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 de- I definitely get that. I can definitely understand miss the human element. Yeah. I, I also do understand why you never want to stop putting that place again. <laughs> yeah. So if I can do my job, like I, I, I'm also on the phone all day, so I don't really interact with my coworkers anyway. So it's like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm taking a phone call. Why don't I just take it in my shorts and t-shirt? at home (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i don't know this is better for me well funny story actually this one time i was uh it wasn't a meeting but i was like you know on a call with a couple other guys like a webex video call and uh i was the host and uh you know this was like early on and i was trying to uh you know still getting used to working all this stuff and i was it was early in the morning so you know still waking up uh I had just woken up. I was only wearing shorts and I'm on the computer working, no shirt on, whatever. <laughs> but 
<laughs> so so we do our thing, you know, we're we're chopping it up and then it's time to wrap up the meeting and time to go. And I'm sharing my screen. I I can't stop sharing the screen. Like I don't know how to do it. And then I end up accidentally turning on my camera and I can see, I saw myself in the camera and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I literally clicked every single button just trying to close the thing. But, exiting everything out. Hence why this man refuses to turn on his camera for the uh, squad cast. <laughs> he, he has a camera, he just doesn't want to turn it off. He doesn't want to... <laughs> man, I would if I could. We can do it next time. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, we've been talking a lot about the negatives. Is there any positives to. Uh, to the quarantine? To the quarantine? Um, with, like, regards to, like, personal lives? Uh, like, yeah, personal. I mean, we know that, uh, you know, working from home is generally favored by most people. Yeah. About anywhere, anything else. I've caught up on some Netflix shows, maybe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, that's been nice. Started Umbrella Academy... Watch that. Oh, well, Nick and I, we watched all the Marvel movies. All like 26 of them. All of them? Within like a month. It was crazy. Oh, my goodness. It was like every day. Have you seen it before? Never seen it until then. Damn, wow. I wish you could do that. How was so, it? How do you like it? Yeah, what's your opinion now? So, okay, well, let me back up. Going into watching it, I watched like four or five of like the 25 or whatever. Um, but going into it, like I don't like superhero movies. To me, they're like boring. It's just a bunch of fighting, no plot. Um, so I was going into this not like the best hopes, but after watching all twenty six, I, I like it a lot actually. Pretty good story. Mm. Storyline that went through twenty six movies, which is like incredible to do. Um, so what was your I, favorite movie? My favorite one. Um. I really liked uh, what's the first uh, Infinity War, the first Infinity War with Thanos. Thanos is the best character ever. Thank you. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> god! <laughs> when I was watching. Anytime he was on screen, like I'm on the edge of my seat, and then when he's gone, I kind of relax. Like, okay, this is cool. When he's back, oh back in game, like he's the best character in all 26 movies, whatever. Well, I am so glad you said that, Red. Like, I feel like every time I'm explaining this to people, they're looking at me like I'm. No, nah, he's the best. Like, Thanos is the real. All he wants to do is correct the universe. Yeah, if half the people have to die. They gotta die. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah, man. I wish more people saw it that way. I feel like a lot of people are just in like stuck in that mindset that you're always supposed to be rooting for the bad guys, but they made him just such a perfect villain where it's just like, yeah. he wasn't like looking for world domination or the rule of the world. Like he was literally looking just to like make peace and balance with, you know, everything. And as you said, if people have to die, people have to die. But in this case, like you don't even feel the death. You're just, you're just gone. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Like uh genocide at random. Yeah, yeah, because like it was just every so it's fifty percent. Yeah, so every one in two people, one of them was just that man it away. Rich or poor, (laughs) you know, indiscriminate. That's crazy. That's true. So Red has been on Netflix. Nice Red. Courtney, you been up to anything? Yeah. So I mean, I've just been like obviously just chilling at home, not really doing anything. But I have picked up on some skills. So I've been. Cutting my own hair. I've been 
cutting my dad's hair and just mm. really just chilling. I dyed my hair blonde just because COVID and I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just like, I mean, this is also stemming from college too, but I've just been experimenting with different, like cooking different things and getting new appliances, which I, this, I feel like this is what like shows that you're getting older, but I get so excited to get these new cooking appliances to like oh, yeah. try new meals with. <laughs> yeah, dude. But I got like, I got an air fryer cause it was recommended to me by uh, Mr. Quack. Shout out Mr. Mm-hmm. Quack. Um, and I thought it was just going to be like one of those things. I just use it once. It's whatever. Yo, I use this for almost everything. Like things that shouldn't even be air fried. I'm throwing it in there. Like it's just so much better than the microwave and it just makes it so like crispy. Oh my God. I I love my air fryer. Um, and I got a pressure cooker that's like an eight in one. So it's like a pressure cooker, a slow cooker and like all this other stuff in there. I actually don't like it that much because I think like the, um, just like the measurements are off. So if you go online, you find a recipe, it says cook it for 15 minutes. This thing will cook it in like, you know, five minutes. So then you're overcooking it at that point. Oh, sure. um, but I actually do like, I like the concept of it. Just like, you know, putting a whole meal in there and then being done in like you know 20 minutes and you just kind of drop it and forget it. You don't have to go stir it or go flip it over or any of that stuff. Um, so I'm still getting used to that, but yeah, just cooking and, um, just kind of doing my, you know, doing my own thing. And on top of that, kind of going back to the gas thing, I'm just saving like so much money in general, like not even only um, mm-hmm. like gas. Like I, I had to commute to work. So I would drive to the train station and then take a train downtown. And when I'm downtown, like most of the time, I just I either have a lunch or my lunch doesn't fill me. I'm not like really, I guess, fill my lunch. So I end up buying lunch and just like all these little things kind of stack up. That's true. But now that I'm, you know, now that I'm home, like I still eat out a lot more than, you know, I would like to say, but <laughs> I definitely like eat in more than I more than I did before too. So like small things here and there I, I see as as positives, maybe not the biggest yeah. things, but the small things that add up. Nick and I stopped going to the bars because of COVID, so we save money on that. We're saving a ton of money on that, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, money. All this money I'm saving, I'm buying adult. I bought a keyboard. I'm learning to play the keyboard now. Um, nice. And I bought a. This is how I know I'm an adult. A headboard for my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you, bro. So I need to install that, but I'm pretty excited to get that up. Wow. Well, I'm proud of you guys. Uh, it sounds like Quartang. Yeah, what is, oh, what about me? Now? Yeah, man. Let me I feel tell like you. We're not throw, throwing these questions back at you. You're just uh, oh, that's all right. At this point, <laughs> 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 um, for me, I would say the biggest difference for me is probably like in my exercise. Like oh. before COVID, I was probably in the gym maybe like four or five times, five six times a week. Um, mm-hmm. you know, lifting weights or doing whatever. And I think since what March 11th or whatever day it was, I have not been to the gym in seven months. Mm. So um, what I've done instead is I've done a lot more running and I've done a lot more cycling, believe it or not. I was telling somebody, you know, I probably I got to be close to a thousand miles total since quarantine and COVID just running and cycling. So kind of hype about that. Um, you know, I never thought I would just get up and go run five miles. So You're five miles? Oh, well, I can. 
I don't like it, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> do you um, uh, do you log your miles, or do you just you know run them and figure it out later? Uh, I have you know all the apps and the health trackers and whatever. Cool. So you run the same course every time, or same whatever. You just run, and then wherever you go, you go. Uh, when I'm on my bike, I'm definitely more uh, carefree, um, and I'll just kind of ride around wherever I can go. But when I'm running, I tend to go the same routes because I'm not trying to get lost or stranded somewhere and then have to walk back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, but it's been nice though. You know, my bench is probably like maxing out at a hundred pounds or something. But <laughs> Man, it's not okay. in the bar anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's going to be a struggle when I get back, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, the, reason about, the reason I asked about the, um, I feel like I just cut you off, Rod. What'd you say? That's all right. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, you guys are too kind. One to you. No, the reason I asked about the miles is because I used to um, run cross country in, uh, in high school, and we would base our um, like the shoes that we have based. Uh, we would like base how good they are based on how many miles we get out of them. So mm-hmm. we would log all the miles. So like I know <clears throat> one of my best pairs of shoes was I think I had like eight hundred and. 825 or 850 miles on them. That was over like maybe the span of like two seasons. But it was just like one of those things that I just broke them. Like as soon as I broke them in, they felt good. I just kept them. And by the end, they were just, it was like a fabric and it was really light. So they were tattered. They were all this stuff. (laughs) And I wanted to, I just kept them. And you'd expect like, oh, you know, I'm going into a new season of cross country. I want brand new shoes. Like, nah, I just, I love these ones to death. Um, but I think it's actually pretty cool. Kind of like how you said, you almost have a thousand miles being able to like track them and just see like, you know, these, you know, these shoes took me 500 miles and I'm still using them. Cause like most people don't think that way. They just mm-hmm. they don't, you know, run, they just use their shoes to walk or, you know, go out. But yeah, thinking about how many, like how much you put into your shoes and how much they give back to you is pretty cool. How many shoes do you think Forrest Gump went through when he ran across the country? I want the same pair of sneakers. You think the whole time? Was he even wearing shoes at the end? <laughs> when he was his best <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. I have not seen this movie. Oh, oh my god! god. I, I, I know. I know. Did you I just say you haven't seen Tiger King either? Yeah. Okay. Oh okay. So I was about to say this. That like this Tiger King argument destroys what I was about to say. I don't <laughs> say I don't watch old movies, but given that Tiger King came out like not even a movie. Like, I, know. <laughs> I just i can't do old stuff like for me it's just that i don't know I, tiger king I mean, is like six months old <laughs> i know i know besides tiger king, <laughs> besides tiger king like i don't know i just can't do old movies like old tv shows old movies. it's like it takes a lot for me to get into and the thing is that it's not that i dislike them it's just that it takes me it takes all my willpower to turn them on so my dad will watch old movies all day, and I'll be on the couch with them enjoying it. But the fact that I'm like looking up a movie to watch, finding a movie from you know early 2000s, it's just like, eh, you know, I'd rather watch something that came out. Oh years. man, dude, that's right up my alley. I'm watching the Westering, the West Wing right now. I don't know if you guys have seen it. We used to watch it in my government class in high school. I, I think it's the most fire show ever created. And it came out early 2000s, you know, 2000, oh, like man. 2003 or something. But man, you know, the, the old graphics, the old everything old, there's something that's like, it just makes you feel good. Like, like it reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. yeah. So is that like, have you seen 
Miles, have you seen um uh oh my god, House of Cards? Yeah, I did watch I watched House of Cards for a little bit, but it was too political. It wasn't very entertaining. So I also haven't seen this, so before you spoil this for no, me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I was trying to ask like compare is that how like West Wing is? Like just a bunch of political stuff or like what is it about? Yeah, so West Wing I think uh it's a lot less intense than uh House of Cards. Yeah. Like House of Cards was man, it was like boring. It was like I felt like a politician watching that. Like it was so boring. You were, you were but, bored during House of Cards? Yeah, I think it started off good, but the episodes yeah. are so long and they're so That's slow. Mm-hmm. But the West Wing is like uh, you know, it's entertaining. You can follow the plot. The people are funny. And they also talk about politics like in between, which for like people like me who aren't with all the lingo, but still, you know, can follow what's going on. I think it's stimulating enough. So it's like, not like a political show. It's like a drama show about like these characters and their lives. And then like the yeah. political stuff's on the side. Yeah, pretty oh, much. You're, cool. you're really just following like the senior staff in the white house and just watching them in relationships. And oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I'd recommend it. I'll watch. Okay. Where do you, where do you watch that at? Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, actually recently, one of the things they were talking about in the West Wing was about taxing billionaires, which uh, I've heard read. You have some interesting opinions on the billionaire concept in general. I do. Um, well, that's what I've been told. Um, but <laughs> even, the other party in this chat? Uh, I can't <laughs> reveal my sources. <laughs> But I mean, when you think about it, you know, how much richer people have gotten since this pandemic, how does that make you feel as a financial person? As a stockbroker? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tied to their ownership of their shares, if that's what you're asking. Bezos isn't raking in money into his checking account. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he owns hella Amazon shares. Mm-hmm. Amazon share price has gone up. He's got, he's made billions. That's simply how it works. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Doesn't he own like 50 million Amazon shares? I mean, take his net worth divided by the share price of Amazon. That's roughly how many shares he probably has. Yeah. Something crazy like that. But don't you, don't you think that there is a such thing as too much money? Yes and no. Um, does he need a hundred billion? No, no one needs a hundred billion. You can live, a life off of a couple million easily. So no one needs a hundred billion. I don't think anyone's saying that whether he deserves to have it or not. I don't know. He made Amazon. He owns a company. The share price happens to be worth X. Why can't you have that? Okay. Interesting point. Cortain, do you have any thoughts before I jump in? Yeah. Oh God, I feel like you're about to sit down there and roast. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say like I I do agree kind of with with what he's saying. Like, obviously, I don't have all the facts and numbers and everything in front of me, but at the end of the day, I know he was given a loan from his parents. I think it was a quarter of a million dollars, mm-hmm. and we were actually just talking about this. And um, me, Sam, and uh, and um, Sean were just talking about how. It was like if we were given a quarter of a million, we're probably keeping a quarter of a million. Like we're not, you know, doing much with it. But the fact that he used that made Amazon and now is making billions, billions and almost trillions 
within the next, uh, I think I saw an article that said he could be the first trillionaire um, within the next coming years. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's well-deserved because he, you know, made something out of whatever he had. But at the end of the day, you hear what he's kind of doing with his, like the Amazon employees, how they're not treated right. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't, I feel like you can't really get that wealthy or rich without stepping on people's toes and, Mm -hmm. you know, pissing people off. Like the people that are mad at Bezos for being a billionaire or mad or for being the richest man in the world, whatever, aren't necessarily mad that he's rich. Some people are mad that he's rich just because they're like, he should be given more, um, like giving more to other people, giving more to just like, I don't know, charity, whatever. But people also don't realize what Rudd said, that not all of this riches that he has are, or not all of this wealth that he has is in his pocket. Like most of it is in the market and he makes and loses billions of dollars a day. Given that he has hundreds of billions of dollars, it's not that like, you know, not that big of a deal to him. They have to realize that it's not like he has all this money in his pocket, mm-hmm. um, which this kind of is going off topic. But that kind of pisses me off sometimes when, like you know, uh, not necessarily Jeff Bezos, but like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, maybe Tim Cook. I don't know. They'll give hundred thousand dollars to um, a school, or like they'll give five hundred thousand dollars to school, and say, "Okay, we're paying for the class of 2018's graduating class to go." So instead of being happy that they're giving money to these schools, people will sit down there and be like, oh, Jeff Bezos is worth, you know, X amount. Why is he only given this? That's like someone giving, you know, someone that makes 65 a year giving $20 to someone. And to me, I'm like, okay, when you go to the grocery store and they ask you to round up three cents, you say, no, I'm good. You move on a good day. Mm-hmm. So if that, if you're sitting down there doing that, like, you like they'll say like to St. Jude, it's not even to like a school. It's like to help these sick kids. You're just sitting down there like, Oh, well, you know, I don't have the money or I don't feel like donating. But then when it's not your money and you're dictating, you're like, Oh yeah, he should be using his money to do this. That's kind of where I get iffy. So for the most part, I do believe, I guess, I guess most of what Rudd says, like you don't necessarily need all that money and you know, you could live literally off of, a percentage of that and be fine. Like a percentage of that could take care of yourself and your kids and probably your kids, kids. And the fact that you have all of that, like when you die, where is, <laughs> where is all of that going? Um, but at the end of the day, like you did, you know, earn it yourself. You're not, uh, you're not doing too much to, to there, there isn't much that proves that you you did not. Okay. I feel, I feel what both of you guys are saying. I think uh, I think you bring up some interesting points that I'll touch on real quick. I think uh, the comparison about you know when they say how much money he has compared to normal people, mm-hmm. um, you know us commoners. I saw a stat one time that said he just bought a uh, it was like a hundred thirty million dollar house, mm-hmm. which to somebody like me who was a poor, you know, a no. hundred I think it was a hundred thirty seven million dollars. They said if you make $50,000 a year, that would be like if you bought a house for $42. (laughs) That is the percentage his house is compared to his quote-unquote net worth, which, you know, whatever. 
But the whole thing about net worth is, I think if I were to imagine, like obviously his money is tied up in stock, and if he did sell it, it would probably send the economy into a tailspin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if you opened your Chase, your PNC, your whatever checking account, and it had $142 billion? Like, at what point do you have a responsibility to... But it's not a checking account. That's the thing, though. Right. I mean, I think we can agree that it's not, you know, it's not money you can just take out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But it's also not money that we say does, that we can't say does not belong to him. Mm. Right. This is his money. Yeah. Right. It might not come in in hundreds or in fifties, but it is his money. Yeah. Um. So I think, I think my opinion is that. I think there should be like an upper limit on how much money you can have, which essentially goes against all beliefs of capitalism, but so be it. I think, you know, whatever that value is, say for the sake of argument, it was one billion. I feel like after you make one billion dollars, you should get like a plaque or you should get like a a pin or something, a license plate that says like I am rich. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like you don't make any money after that. Everything after that, you know, goes to making the world a better place, you know, just for generic argument. I saw another stat that said um since this pandemic, Jeff Bezos, he's made like 97 billion dollars. They said he could pay all of his employees. There's still, you know, some disagreement on how many employees he has. But they said he could pay all of his employees a one-time bonus of $105,000 and still be just as rich as he was before the pandemic started. So it's at least half a million people, $100,000, and he will be in the same place he was, you know, seven, eight months ago. That's the part that makes me think that why do you have so much money, right? And there's, there's really nothing he can buy with it. Right. He's not buying any more houses. He bought a hundred thirty million dollar house. At this point, he could buy like continents. Right. Yeah, or, like I don't even know what you spend that money on. You can't. You can't spend a hundred billion. There's no way. Right. But I mean, I mean I see what you're saying. Like no one needs that, but this is the reality. He has that. So if we don't like that, what do you do to take it from him? Because that's what it would entail. Well, I mean, I think this is unprecedented times. He is the richest person to ever exist. Yeah. And nobody knows what to do. I mean, you know, in our government and economic system, the government is kind of ran by corporations, right? He owns, what does he own? The New York Times or something? Like, he Uh, owns so many things. Yeah. Yeah. He owns Washington Post, I think. Washington Um, Post, yeah. I think. I think. Um, Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. But like, what are you gonna make a law, a rule, some kind of law that says, okay, Bezos, give us eighty percent of your Amazon shares <laughs> to the government, and then the government will decide how to split up the money. Like, how does that work? That's a good question. I mean, there are talks right now about breaking up Amazon. You know, same way you know, breaking up Facebook and stuff. Yeah, and I saw that taxing at whatever higher percentage, but. Um, I mean, his money clearly isn't in fifties and hundreds, so we can't just say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna tax you higher." Because I mean, I don't know, I don't know all the rules behind it. But 
whatever the system is right now doesn't accommodate for a person like him. So I think basically my belief is that there should be a limit on richness. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you could, you know, if everybody was paying their fair share and everybody, you know, was able to get access to, you know, all the same resources and whatever. I think, you know, instead of the world being the way it is, the world would be like a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. There's no way. I mean, people say, you know, money can't buy you happiness. Well, you know, if I'm not struggling for food or don't know uh, if I'm going to make rent next month, I'm going to be a lot happier than, you know, than I was before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I don't think he needs a hundred billion. Uh, if I had a hundred billion, I definitely would be giving it away. Like I, I read, um, who was it that has passed away? The owner and founder of uh, what's that store called? That's like kind of weird. That mm, the store that's kind of weird. Like that grocery store, Trader Joe's. I think it was Trader Joe's. I think. Oh, okay. I think he founded that. I think it was him, and he vowed to like give away all his money and become poor as he died. And so I think it was this guy. But as this person just died recently, he died like broke because he gave mm-hmm. all his money away over his lifetime. Mm-hmm. So like definitely if I was in that, those shoes, I would be giving my money away. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's easy for me to say that because I don't have that money. But Yeah. Yeah, I'm- I think that just like ties into the idea of <clears> – <throat> these game shows and just like, like the theoretical question, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And seemingly every single person's answer is, Oh, I'd give some to charity. Like I, like I understand that some people would and like, you know, I guess uh, it's the just right thing to do, but I feel that that's just like such a cop out to the answer just because people want to make themselves and make, you know, the entire situation feel better, look better. But, um, yeah, there should be more people, in my opinion, like him in the world, because like, I think you should, if you have, you know, next of kin, kids or wife, whatever, should set some aside for them. And then the rest, obviously, if you can't, like, if they can live on what you give them, and if they're working, live on their, you know, their, whatever they're making, you should be giving away to like people that are less fortunate and helping them out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, the crazy thing about that is that even when Jeff Bezos and his wife divorced, his wife became the richest <laughs> woman. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine if they would have just kept that? Man. In a powerhouse. Man, that's crazy money, man. <clears throat> Maybe one day we'll be billionaires off the podcast. Yeah. You know, snakes only. And then we'll we'll just... Snake our way to the top. <laughs> what would you spend your billions on? Right. My billions? Yeah. Uh, if you had, if you had $1 billion dollars to spend, what would you spend it on? So I would – I'll answer this. I want to say something as a joke first. But I saw this <laughs> website no, – I saw this website where it allows you to use um, Bill Gates' money and buy whatever you want. And so – Oh, shoot. You guys in the link. I got to find it. It's like a checklist. And you can like buy – it's like a shopping cart. You can like buy NFL teams and buy yachts and like <laughs> so people were sharing sharing their um like shopping cart and like I was going through it and some people like bought the entire NFL and it was like, <laughs> like they bought like thirty yachts. It was like stupid, but um okay. What I would spend a uh, one billion on? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't need a billion. Um, I would definitely buy a big ass mansion. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. I would buy, I don't know about a hundred million dollar house, but like some really nice mansion. Mm, maybe a cool boat. I would definitely ball out. I mean, I got a billion dollars. Why not? So, would you live in your big mansion by yourself, or would you house the whole team? Like all the squad? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd be welcome. Like, I don't need to live in a mansion by myself. You guys all have keys, I'm sure. I'll give you key fobs or whatever. It's gonna have like a twelve car garage. Yeah, minimum probably. That'll be pretty tight. That way, we can all park our cars when you come over. You know. Mm-hmm. So probably. Wait, 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 are we coming over, or do we live there? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you can stay. You can stay for however long you want. Um, but yeah, you have a parking garage. That way, you can you can park your car hmm. and live there if you want. Interesting. So that's something. Um, I give a hell of a hell of it away, honestly. If I, I had a million, if I had a million, I'll be honest. I'm not going to give away my million. But if I had a billion, I'd give it away. Okay. What about you, Squirt? I was going to say, speaking of uh, just wealthy people, I'm pretty sure it was Justin Bieber who bought this house and realized like a month in that he had a studio in the house. So, the, or I think it was either a studio or a movie theater. So this man's been like in his mansion, just going about living there for months and months, not realizing that he realizing he has a whole movie theater there. He didn't know. Wow. <laughs> it crazy nice. I don't know if it was Justin Bieber, but it was like some celebrity that just didn't know that they had this. Someone across the room. Whatever. That sounds like an offset um, thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's Harry Potter. Like, I really wasn't there, and now it is. Nah, I wish. Um, billions. First of all, first thing on the checklist is to get rid of all these loans and never take a loan out ever again. Mm-hmm. Ever again. Um, and, I mean, after that, then it's, like, just fair game. Like, just making sure that my name is not tied to any debt whatsoever. So I don't have to sit down there and worry who I'm paying the next month, you know, how much I'm paying them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a billion. That, what'd you say? Yeah, I think that should be enough. I have a billion should cover that. <laughs> uh, we got a billion loans. No, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, definitely getting a house, getting my own place. Um, maybe not a huge mansion, but just something, you know, quiet in the city. You want to and, 20, 30 million on a mansion? If you had a billion? See, I don't like, I feel that I would, it would be like eerie living in such a big place. Yeah, I feel about, that. Like, if you have a, if you have this giant like mansion at the end of the day, part of it is just to like, I guess like show off because like there's these mansions that have, obviously you say you're going to house a squad. There's these mansions <laughs> that like, you know, Drake, Big Sean, Justin Bieber, all these like, you know, artists buy that have like 12, 13 rooms, but you only have, you know, and obviously I'm not counting friends. You only have like, you know, maybe your significant other or like your mom or your dad or that live in there. You don't need an extra 17 yeah. rooms, mm-hmm. um, which is, I guess, kind of like how I feel about it. Uh, But yeah, I would also, I feel like this is kind of a, kind of a cop out. But also get into real estate because I feel like if you have money and you go into real estate, you just get a lot more money. And I haven't really looked into it because I don't have that money. But I feel like that would be oh, that would be interesting. Just like a billion dollars and trying to make more money. 
Still not satisfied. Uh, the, the Bezos and Trump effect. You get a little bit, and you make a lot off of that little bit. You know, you know. I feel that. That's weird. That's that's real. Um, and I also feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I would still have to. This is kind of going off topic, but I feel like I still have to do some type of work. Maybe not like you know what I'm doing for my job right now, but I feel like if I'm just mm-hmm. sitting down there and just like with a mindset that I have a billion dollars, I don't have to, you know, work a day in my life, which seemingly I can like do that. I feel like that money might just get like blown <laughs> quickly. And by the, maybe not quickly, but by the end, I just won't know how to get back into the swing of things. Um, but definitely that probably gives some away, even though I just, you know, said all that stuff about people saying that they're going to give their money all to charity. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, if I, don't like if I've gotten all I need and I just have money sitting there, um, I wouldn't feel bad about like, or yeah, I wouldn't feel bad about giving a chunk away just to help other people. I feel like my dream is somewhere in between that. Like I was telling, I think it was Johanna shout out to Johanna. (laughs) I think I was telling her one time, my dream for the squad was that we all live in a cul-de-sac (laughs) <laughs> and all our houses are like in the cul-de-sac and we can just walk, you know, go outside and oh, go to Red's house, go to Quartang's house or whoever. That'd be dope. Yeah. Bro, that'd be so tight. And my and house would be black. Three and apartment six all over again. Or, uh, all black house. Yeah, dude. I saw this all black house down the street <clears throat> and Damn, it inspired what? me. I mean, it was like regular like bricks and wood and stuff, but it was yeah. black. That sounds dope. Bruh, it was and the garage was black and the door was black. It was so tight. Damn, we would need to like connect all our houses by like little tunnels, underground tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that'd be tight. And then out by everybody, Lamborghinis. Nice. That wouldn't. That's even, that it. wouldn't even hurt the bank. With a billion. Um, yeah. Dude, a billion is so much money. Like a billion yeah, of I, anything yeah, I is so about, much. Like, I was just thinking when you, I know we were talking billions, but I was thinking millions of dollars. So like at this point, I'm like, all right, I only have like 500,000 left to play with. So that's a ton of money. million of like a billion dollars. I'm definitely balling out and buying a mansion. Wow. And then give away, you know, give away a couple hundred million at least. Like, I guess now rethinking of it, knowing or realizing how much a billion is, that mansion idea might not be that bad. <laughs> 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 like, $975 million. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Well, uh, kind of shifting gears here, you know, still on the, the topic of friendship, but uh, I was telling Quartang earlier about this article I read, and the title was How COVID is Ruining My Friendships and Why I Don't Care. And so basically the article was about how um, it was this girl, she was talking about how, you know, the past four years of politics, you know, kind of put a strain on relationships and, uh, you know, this COVID, people's response to COVID has been like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting. And then Cortain was talking about um, some other article he read. What was the one you were talking about, Cortain? Yeah, it was an article. I didn't read it in entirety, but it was this person that stopped using, like, I don't know if it was all punctuation, but he stopped using specifically 
exclamation point in his text to his friends and lost basically all of his friends. Because he just stopped using exclamation points? Bro, that's crazy. Well, yeah, so like a lot of people use that as validation. Like if you're not using like punctuation or emojis or LOLs or ha-has, like people think that you're like either upset with them, don't want to talk to them or... Was he experimenting with that? Did he do it Um I didn't. I can pull up the article and glance at it real quick. I think it was, yeah, something that he was just experimenting, seeing like I guess how far it could go. But uh, I think I read that just like people just started dropping off like one by one. I feel like there's got to be like psychology behind that. Like if you, because I mean it's already hard to tell people's emotions and stuff like mm. over text and stuff. Yeah. But if you don't put in, you know, like LOL or. Ha ha or LMAO, it's like, do you hate me? Like, <laughs> are you mad at me? You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. I'm not sure, like, that person must have used it so much because I'm not sure, like, I would pick up on it that quickly. I mean, how, how long did it take, I guess? Do you know? Uh, I'm glancing through the article now, and just like, well, they just have like snap or uh, screenshots of some of the text. And for example, someone just said, um, I just called, you know, this person and invited her. Is that okay? And he just said, sure. So if, to me, that's like, if someone just says, sure, I'm just like, you know, kind of chillings, whatever. So I guess he might have been and like, you know, using it a lot. And then. So like sure period instead of it. sure exclamation point, it seemed like he was less excited. Yeah. Or just like, you know, just not interested or. Yeah. Or, doing it reluctantly like yeah sure whatever i could see that i feel like for me though sometimes like if people use a whole lot of exclamation points it's kind of like why are you so excited right yeah can you chill out (laughs) yeah wouldn't eventually though like they would notice a little something and then bring it up to him that's what i i mean as i said i didn't really read through like the article too much um but that's what i was thinking like i was thinking like people like i know like specific people that would be like, yo, are you okay? Like, are you feeling all right? Mm-hmm. But maybe he just has fake friends. I don't know. <laughs> so like, it seems that they just kind of like, you know, gave up on him. Yeah. Maybe he's got a billion dollars. So he's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not worried about his friends. Um, but the article I was reading, it was talking about people's response to COVID was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, I don't know about where you guys live, but down here in Georgia in the South, <laughs> You know, COVID, we don't believe in COVID down here, right? It's kind of crazy, you know, I think in my opinion, the way people just are just carrying on. But, like, what's it like where you guys live? Um, It's pretty locked down. I mean, people are walking outside and stuff, but, I mean, bars are closed. You can only go if they serve food. Got to wear a mask. I and mean, people wear masks pretty we're um, seriously up here. So, I mean, people take it seriously, I think. Mm. Yeah. For us, it's like, it's still like, it's locked down for sure, but they're definitely trying to open it up. I don't know how our cases are doing. I really like after month three, I stopped paying attention because I knew this is not getting any better. Um, But I know by us, so we are divided by a County. I think there was a County, um, a few minutes south of us. And in that county, you can't have a restaurant unless they 
um, sell their food outdoors. So you have to, you, they're basically only outdoor seating. So if you have um, like a restaurant that can only be served indoors, you have to basically close that down until uh, COVID is over. Shoot. But the one that I, the county that I'm in and North, you can have it both indoor and outdoor. So it kind of sucks for those people, especially if, you know, it's raining. If it's raining, you get absolutely no business unless you do carry out, um, which a lot of people are, I guess, uh, I was reading this thing. A lot of people are reluctant to do carry out just because they would rather, you know, have that restaurant experience by going into the restaurant, you know, with their friends, with whatever, rather than like getting food at a restaurant and then bringing it back home and eating it at the dinner table. Um, so with us, it's, I don't know. It's still a little weird because most people like you still have to wear masks everywhere. They're all like forced, but most people are really kind of like lax about it. Um, For example, these restaurants that you go into, they ask you to wear your mask when the server is coming and people don't even do that. Like Mm. that's the least that you can do um, because masks aren't, for you know yourself they're for other people so if the server is wearing the mask the server isn't wearing the mask for themselves they're wearing it so that they don't get you sick Mm -hmm. so in return you should wear your mask so that you don't get you know the server sick or you know spread germs whatever um and Uh, oh god i would say um you know living here in georgia it's definitely like uh I don't know what I thought before coming down here, but it is living up to the expectation, at least on this front. But it's been interesting to see. Like, I've been up to Boston a few times because somebody lives in Boston. Um, But when I'm up there, uh, the first time I went up there a few months ago, everybody was wearing masks everywhere. And I thought it was, like, so crazy because, like, I would remind, like, I'm going to the store. I'm going to, you know, wherever there's going to be other people. But, you know, if I'm just walking outside or going for a run or like on my bike, you know, I don't I don't I didn't feel like I needed a mask. But when I was in Boston, people were wearing masks in their house. They were wearing masks in their own cars. Their they were wearing, wow. They were wearing masks like while riding a bike. And I was like, these people are serious about this up here. <laughs> and this is at a time when, you know, Massachusetts was doing way better than. Uh, you know, pretty much the rest of the country. And I think they've kind of slipped into bad habits um, because everybody's kind of over COVID. But that was like my first experience to people like taking all this uh, medical advice and stuff like seriously. Um, I thought that was kind of crazy. Like they were, they were like no COVID up here. I'm no doctor or scientist, obviously, but wearing a mask in your own house, like that seems excessive. That makes no sense to me. Mm. Well, I can only control what I do. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. (laughs) But if you're in your own house, everyone's touching the same stuff. Like, I don't know what a mask does in my house. I mean, I wonder, like, what if somebody in your house, like if somebody in your house was sick at some point, would you wear a mask even afterwards? Um, Like after they were tested negative? Yeah, or like after well, I don't know. I don't know the circumstances. The thing I don't I don't know how what works is I don't I don't know how COVID um how long it stays on surfaces. I don't think anybody knows. I feel like there's been a lot <laughs> of no disagreement about that. Yeah. I mean I maybe I'd if they were sick, if there was someone in my house that was known to be sick, maybe I'd be more likely to well, 
like Sam said, wearing a mask is to protect the other person. They should wear a mask. Right? Yeah. I feel like, well, I just feel in general, if everyone's sick, mo- definitely the person who's sick needs to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, everyone should be, you know, wearing a mask. Because even though it is to protect other people, you do like intake or you do take in less if you're wearing a mask. Yeah. I was speaking with the, just regards to being in my own house. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Hmm. Outside. Okay. Yeah. I'll wear my mask everywhere. Well, I'll say one thing about, you know, this whole COVID quarantine, all this stuff is that uh, people have had the time. And if, if you know what the time is, then you know, but, um, you know, all these social movements and demands and all these things, um, you know, we haven't seen protests and movements like this, you know, in decades. But, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, when there – at one point there were, what, 40 million people unemployed? That's crazy. You know, mix that in with all this uh, uh, social and income inequality and all this stuff. It's like the perfect storm for like craziness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like down here in Atlanta, uh, there's been a lot of protests going on. Um, I, th- I think actually in Chicago as well. I'm not sure about Indianapolis, but uh, uh, what's been your guys' your guys' experience with all this civil unrest? Um, there, there were some protests down here in Indy. Um, it was a few months ago though. Like I haven't seen anything recently, but like two, three months ago, maybe every other day for like a few weeks, um, Nick and I would see people walking down, like maybe like a hundred people walking down the street with signs and, uh, you know, chanting or saying something. Couldn't really hear them on the 12th floor, but yeah, we definitely saw them. But now, now I don't see anything here in Indy. Hmm. Yeah, things have kind of, I mean, I don't live, I live like 30 minutes away from the city, so I can't really speak on the city, but there were like protests, um, a few like protests and uh, like people just walking and sitting uh, in different like parks and stuff like that, just kind of talking about, I know a big one was with uh, George Floyd, they had like a little memorial over here. Um, I didn't go to it, I just kind of was seemingly just kind of busy with work and stuff like that. And most of them were scheduled during the week, which as you know, as you said, Miles, a lot of people are unemployed. So a lot of people have more time to, you know, set these things up and um, kind of have people come. Uh, I actually thought it was really crazy how like Facebook was used in this aspect where people were just, you know, made a group or made an event and people showed up because I personally don't use Facebook like that. Um, but I, I mean, I use Twitter more and with Twitter, you can just, I guess, see what's going on around you, but not specific, like, we're going to meet up in this, you know, in this park, in this area at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michaela uses Facebook like literally all the time. She uses Facebook instead of Twitter. And she found this event. She went to it. And I was personally scared for her because I was sitting down there like, yo, that's, you know, with all these people that are getting hurt at these things, especially with uh, like the cops and just other people. Like I was terrified for her to go. Mm-hmm. Um but she ended up going. It was like you know a nice thing. There were people that were being like a little bit unruly. This was kind of when the riots and stuff were. Wait, so you didn't go with her? Uh, I didn't go, but her sister went with her. Okay. Um, because I was I was still working at the time. Um, I think it was like a Wednesday at like twelve. 
So I guess I could, probably could have gone like during lunch, but it was just, uh, I don't know, short timing. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it was just very like, uh, very nerve wracking seeing some of this stuff happen, mm-hmm. especially with like the rides. And like, I saw this thing about this guy. I mean, I was kind of following this thing on Twitter. Like he lost an eye. Um, oh, I think I did see yeah. that. He got shot. He got, yeah. He got shot with a rubber bullet and <clears throat> supposed to, I guess not really to get into all the details. Cause I don't know all the details. With rubber bullets, you're supposed to shoot them at the ground and have them bounce back so they lose a little bit of velocity mm-hmm. but have enough force to, you know, fend off uh, unruly people. But these people were getting shot, like, just straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, with that, it was more of, you know, me being, uh, I guess, scared of, you know, stuff like that happening to me. But then she did bring up a good point that, you know, people have literally died, so you getting you know, pepper spray, you getting injured is all part of, you know, hopefully a movement that will act like, you know, end up changing things because if this stuff doesn't happen, like it doesn't, it isn't just like all, you know, flowers and butterflies. And, you know, we just ask them to, Hey, you know, we need reform and they give us reform. Like you, you know, something has to be taken mm-hmm. a little bit of force. Um, Have you been to any, any events out there in the cities or anywhere? Um, not in the city. So the city right now, like not right. I don't know about right now, but for a while it was like locked down. So we went to, uh, I think we were getting, picking up something from downtown, I think two or three days after, um, the George Floyd, um, after he was, uh, after he was killed. So we went downtown, we were just kind of driving around and there was still like, uh, tear gas in the air. And the bridges were up because basically what they did was they put a bunch of the bridges up into the, into like the downtown, into downtown so that people wouldn't come in like, Oh, I saw that. And if you were driving, I think in and out of the city, there were like checkpoints where people would ask for your, they would ask for your license to make sure you live in Chicago. Cause people were coming from an ND from, um, what's called Wisconsin coming down here to loot and then just driving, seemingly driving back up mm-hmm. to you know, where they were from. Um, so because of that, it was like even hard to get into the city. I think there was one day of protesting didn't go to that. But then after that, like they shut the entire city down. Um, so there were still like protests of people that lived in the city, but there was really no way to get into the city uh, from basically from where I was. Okay. That makes uh, sense. But yeah, I definitely would have, um, I would have gone to a little bit more knowing that like whether or not it was like a protest or would like, or a peaceful protest. Cause so, I guess all protests start peacefully. Um, but the one that she went to and seemingly some of the other ones I saw were just like more like vigils kind of. Mm-hmm. So you can see those as just being a lot more peaceful than let's meet downtown and, you know, walk the streets. Yeah. Now you gone to any miles? Uh, I went to none actually here in Atlanta. Um, you know, Atlanta's kind of been also, you know, up there with Chicago with, you know, in terms of violence and stuff. Like even, uh, what was the guy? Rayshard Brooks. You know, he was down here at this McDonald's. I think it was by, uh, by Morehouse and Spellman. Like I've literally been there and this dude got shot and killed by, uh, by police. Um, and so even after that, even after that happened, there were protests and there were people, more people shooting, more people getting shot, more. And this is like civilian on civilian, right? This wasn't even like, uh, 
like with any police officers or anything. So, you know, downtown Atlanta, like South side Atlanta, East side of Atlanta, um, a couple months ago, you know, it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't go down there. I live probably like maybe 15, 20 minutes outside of downtown. Um, and I just wasn't with it. Mm-hmm. But when I went to Boston, uh, me and Johanna actually went to a couple protests. Um, it was cool up there. I was actually, you know, I was telling Johanna, um, I was surprised at how many white people were there. There were literally like in, in a crowd of hundreds of people, you know, there might've been like 10 or 20 black people and everybody else is out there. Black lives matter, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh shoot, this is crazy. <laughs> so, uh, that was pretty hyped to be out there. You know, we went down there to the police station. We went down there to, uh, you know, just kind of blocking traffic and walking through the street. So, um, it was cool to be there in Boston. I have been to some protests here in Atlanta, but it was, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was an, it was a good experience. You know, we all had our signs out there and everybody was yelling and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, these people were ready, you know, they were ready for the clapbacks. There was an officer out there that didn't have a mask on. And then everybody was so upset, man. And that they, they made him go inside and put on a mask. So I was <laughs> like, wow, these people have power, man. And when you think about it, like when we got to the police station, the police were outnumbered probably like 20 to one. And it's stuff like that that really makes me think like there really is power in in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what the numbers would be nationally, but, you know, if everybody really got on the same page about stuff, you know, they could really make something happen. So Start storming buildings, man, conglomerate of people, dude, it's possible, man, it's possible. But the only wow. thing is, is that it gets crazy violent, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to be in the front line of that. Yeah, dude. Especially when you see people out there with their their bulletproof vests and their rifles. I'm like, all right. Let's, yeah, let's back it up. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the thing in uh, in Michigan where they tried to kidnap the governor. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, y'all are st- it's so wild for no reason. It was like the governor of Michigan and the governor of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were plots to kidnap them because I think it, it started with like the mask mandate. That was really it. And then everybody was like, nah, you got to go. We we're taking her out. You that's know? it. That was how it started. And then, you know, that's from the FBI. So I, I saw, I didn't see that. I did read one headline that the plot involved like underground tunnels or something. And like, it was like, <laughs> Apparently well thought out, but maybe not well thought out enough that they got caught. <laughs> <laughs> but people are crazy. Yeah, dude, it's seriously crazy out there. But I don't know, man. People are fed up, you know. Not only is it like income, which is like a whole thing. There's there's the income, there's the unemployment, there is uh, you know, just the the police brutality and people are just this is like everything came together at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why we're seeing movements around the world. You know, when I saw the black people in, in, in England, like black lives matter, I was like, <laughs> yo, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I feel like, I feel like everybody can't be wrong. Right. I feel like something has to change. Yeah. I'm not very educated on this topic, but I would say, I feel like over the you know years there's been 
little spurts of uh like movements and stuff. Um, this one, I don't want to say this one to like downgrade the last few months, but like this last four or five months of like movement stuff seems different than anything else I've ever seen. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the, um, the past ones were just kind of like almost like also not to downgrade it, but there were almost like hashtags on Twitter that you would see like sports here and there. I feel like it was just like people just saw it and then, you know, it was just there for a month or two and just kind of went away. Yeah. And this one is just like, even though it's not trending, it's still being talked about. Like I still see tweets daily, like from just random people that I don't even follow that are like, you know, retweets of someone tweeting like, you know, this, uh, this person lives matter or like, you know, that we should still be like, you know, speaking up about this, even though it isn't in the media anymore. And that's not something that I've like, you know, that I've really experienced before in my, uh, just like in social media in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely is different. Like, um, I think the George Floyd thing was, was huge. I think, uh, like we were already well into quarantine, well into, you know, all this, you know, protesting and stuff. But I think that was the first one where, uh, the police knew that they were under scrutiny mm-hmm. and still like in broad daylight in the middle of a street, you know, in the middle of a populated area, like, Oh man, I don't know if you saw, Oh, actually part of the protest we went to uh, in Boston, we took like a, it was like a moment of silence for the eight minutes and 46 seconds. I think when the officer was like kneeling on George Floyd and like, mm. it was so crazy. Like how long, you know, almost nine minutes is when you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So that was like a real powerful thing. And, you know, sitting out there in front of the police station for nine minutes, mm-hmm. like, can you imagine? And then, you know, the, the, the police were just moving with like, with no regard to this guy. Like, and now they're all out on bail. They're all at home with their families and yeah, I saw that. You know, somebody's hurting, but I don't know which officer it was, What, um, which is kind of sad that there's so many different cases, but there was one officer that was, his bail was, I think, a million, and somehow he just got out on bail. Like, that's mm-hmm. like, insane to me. That's nuts to me that, you know, something that happened. There's people out there that will, you know, side with not necessarily, I guess, what he did, or maybe with what he did, but more like, oh, the police were just doing their job, and like, they'll see nothing wrong with what he did, and that also baffles me that people are just that naive or that closed minded to not really take a, you know, a human's life into account at that matter. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I hope something, something comes out of this. Cause I don't know. People, people want change. I feel sad now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we can uh, we can wrap up with some uh, some happy stuff. Um, I was reading this article. Um, it was talking about how there are studies that show that watching cute animals can benefit your health. Would you believe that? Yeah, it does some stuff in the brain. Makes you know dopamine. I don't know. I don't know what else is Serotonin. in the brain. Serotonin, acetaminophen. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, apparently there are health benefits to actually looking at 
cute puppies and ducks and baby whatever. So if you're ever feeling down, anybody out there listening, go look at some cute animals. That makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, I thought it was just something that people just said for no reason, but, you know, science. There's actual science behind it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I think there's a lot going on out there, and I think the important thing is people keep talking about it. So uh, yeah. you guys have any last thoughts about your COVID quarantine 2020 experience? Um. I hope the uh, what's it, what's it called the vaccine that's coming out here in a couple months that's going to be very limited or whatever does something like maybe by next spring we'll be back to quote unquote normal. Um, I don't know. I'm just obviously people have died from the virus, but it's like this is so. Would you take a vaccine when it came out? Would I take one? Mm-hmm. Um, not the first ones now. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, I know some people that are like, never, ever, ever want to take the vaccine. Oh, I'm open to vaccines. Obviously, it's not the first, <laughs> the first creation, the first, uh, what's it called? First, uh, like, try of it, first trial of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they've never, like, they're testing it now, but like, I'll, I'll let someone else take the vaccine, and then like, I'll see how they react to it, and then I'll take it. That's how I feel. It's also how I feel about the PlayStation Five. Looking at you, Corte. Hey, got that pre-order? Twenty-seven days, baby. Man, I can't wait, man. Because I know, I don't know. Isn't there's always some issues with like the first batch of that stuff, isn't there? Bro, all I know, all I know is that this thing is in the jet engine, so I am chilling. Mm, it's gonna be nice though. Can't even lie. I mean, sir, can't even lie. Anyways, Rudd, Quartang, appreciate you guys taking some time to yeah. uh, spend with the Snakes Only podcast. I think we can yeah. now certify you as uh, verified snakes. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back anytime. <laughs> and for anybody else out there who wants to get certified as a snake, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, man. See ya. Thanks.